0: You're listening to the East Side Church Podcast, and we appreciate you joining us. Let's listen in to a message from Pastor Brandon Sharp. Turn over to Daniel 1. What are we, y'all? A little over a week out from election? Yeah? Week out from election? This is before we get to what the Lord said on the retreat. I want to I wanna have a family, quick family conversation about the election real quick it's important and we need to go into it with purpose. We need to go into it with thought. You there? Daniel 1? All right, first thing I'll say about the election is this. (laughs) Survive the commercials. Only one week left, right? Second thing, pray. Listen, if you're not praying, you don't care. If I'm not praying, I don't care. Whatever I tell myself, whatever I say, whatever I post on Facebook, if you're not praying, you don't care. That might sound harsh, that's just true. Is that true? Talk to me. Right? So pray that God will move. Third vote. A lot of you probably have already voted. And and don't just vote y'all, but vote vote informed. Vote informed. Vote 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 kingdom. Liz had some voting guides available the other day. I love that. Put the work in. Don't be lazy. Vote kingdom. Vote led by the spirit of God. Pastor Alex told me this the other day. I loved it. He said, voting is the only way to make your opinion matter. Make your opinion count, right? So this is our privilege. This is our honor. This is good stewardship. Vote. Here's here's an Abraham Lincoln quote for you. Elections belong to the people. It's their decision. They decide to turn their back on the fire, burn their behinds. They'll just have to sit on their blisters. Vote. Third, (laughs) let's respond rightly. Let's respond rightly to the election. This is your, this is your if things don't go my way plan. Right? This is your if my guy who I think is God's chosen vessel doesn't end up in office plan. Go there now. Think there now. Be there now and realize God's already there. Come on, y'all. You got real quiet in here, right? Go there now, be there now, and recognize God's already there now. And he's big enough. He's actually sovereign. His plan for the world actually can't be stopped. He actually holds the heart of the king in his hand and turns it whichever way he wishes, okay? So there's gonna be a whole boatload of people out there that that win Trump or win Biden or win neither get elected, they're enraged. They're ready to shout it from the rooftops, they're ready to write about it on every social media platform that's out there, they're ready to engage you in conversation. Saying, how, how coulda, shoulda, woulda, people failed, church failed, nation's failing, world's going to hell in a handbasket. And, and I'm telling you right now, if we'll purpose in our heart, God is faithful, God's in control, God is good, God has a plan, his arm's not short, he can carry that plan out. Let's follow him well. Yeah? No? Yeah? Come on. Listen, it takes purpose, y'all. You have to do this with purpose. This is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were doing when they said, our God is able to deliver us, he will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're not gonna serve your God. What were they saying? Even if my desired outcome doesn't happen, I'm gonna follow the Lord well. I'm gonna represent the Lord well. I'm gonna represent his character and his nature well. God's not going to fail on November 3rd. It's important, church. It's important to represent him rightly. And what it takes is is purpose. So Daniel 1 is where we're going to start, y'all. And it's going to be encouragement for us for for what's a week and a half out, but it's, it's, it's much bigger than that. Daniel 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God. As in God gave the enemy, God gave his people into the enemy's hand to include articles in the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God and brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed Aspenaz, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel, some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish but good looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. They gave Daniel the name Balthasar. To Hananiah, Shadrach, Mishael, Meshach, and Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. There ate. <clears throat> Daniel was a Daniel was a Hebrew. They didn't they didn't drink that. They didn't they didn't eat that. This wasn't just food preference. This, was, this is my identity, this is, this is who I am, right? This is, my, this is my background, this is my lineage, this is my walk with God. Can, I, can, can as, as I'm going into captivity, imagine what he saw when the enemy raided his family and his friends and his people that he had done life with all along. Imagine the horror that he saw and then you're carried away into the very courts of that enemy and said, we're gonna make you one of us. We're gonna train you, we're gonna feed you, you're gonna learn our language, we're gonna give you a new name. Think about all that the the biblical name carried. This is where Daniel is, right? Not his desired outcome. Would you agree? This is is pretty dark, y'all. And in that place, he purposes his heart to represent his God well. Before he's all the way there, before he's before the king, before it all starts. This is important because what what the what the, the master of the eunuch says to that request is, yeah, we'd love to, Daniel, but it'll be my head, basically. Because you'll look different than all the others that are going through this process. And and, and what Daniel says is, Well, let's do it, let's do a test, let's do a trial run. We'll eat vegetables and drink water ten days, and then you, you look at us, you look at them. And he looked just as strong. And so the God gave him favor, and the master of the eunuch said, all right, we'll do it. What happens if Daniel doesn't have that purpose ahead of time? That question doesn't get asked, that answer doesn't come, and that creative solution of let's do a trial doesn't come. See, the reason this is important, y'all, both for for the election upcoming, but also for life, it's because if we don't purpose things in our heart, the prayers won't happen, the conversations won't happen, the plans won't develop, and this opportunity for, for God to dump out his favor, even in troubled times, confusing times, disorienting times, heavy times, it won't come. Because we're just, we're just kind of floating through hoping for the best, except when our perceived worst happens, then a lot of times we just act like idiots. Why? No, no determined response back here. You guys with me? Are you live out there? Is this good? This is practical. This is, this is rubber meets the road, right? Let me just make it personal. Brandon, how do you not act like an idiot if the guy that you want to get elected president gets elected, right now. Right now I choose what I believe about God, his plan, his purpose, his power, his love, all these things, right now I choose, right? Because what we'll talk about here in a second, we'll get to it, is oftentimes in those moments, the voices are so loud, the emotions are so loud, everything's, everything's crazy, everything's confusing, it's hard to choose in that moment, right? We choose back here, when we're clear-headed, those places, right? Both with regards to the election, and I'm done talking about the election, even more so in regards to life, in regards to to every day, right? You really know if you're doing this, (laughs) you guys are about to see me go through eight pages. Somebody say eight pages. Eight pages of notes. You really believe if you're, you know if you're doing this, right? If you came to church this morning with purpose, Alex looking at his watch, right? You, you, this is how you know, you really believe. Did you walk in this building with purpose or not? Did you walk in this building with something to give? I'm about to go give to God and worship even though I don't feel like it. I'm about to go engage someone in conversation and lift them up and love on them and choose to focus on them more than myself. That takes purpose, purpose of heart at the house how we're gonna walk in, or if we're just gonna walk in and be consumers, y'all. It's I'm not attacking you. This is our culture. This is norm. And we have to be so intentional about not being influenced by our consumer culture, and what it takes is purpose of heart. So what I wanna do is I just wanna walk through some ways this morning, some things that we talked about where we can really purpose our hearts for our walk. First, identity. Yeah? Say it with me so I know you're alive. Identity. Identity. And, And specifically this, this is what JP talked to us about on Thursday night. Specifically this, stop identifying with your failures. Come on. Stop identifying with your failures. Stop identifying with your past, right? Maybe brokenness in your family, broken things that have been spoken over you. I'm not saying ignore it, and act like it goes away, I'm saying, let's get healed. Let's get free, right? Let's find the healthy community. Let's, 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 let's have the conversation, right? If we need to engage help, let's engage help. But what that looks like is going all the way back. And, and oftentimes, as far as we go back, is the fall in the garden, right? We have, this is what Ryan was praying, we have a tendency to wanna focus on the sin conversation in our lives and identify ourselves with that way. This is me, this is, this is my struggle, it's what it's always been, this is, this is my family, this is my past, this is my background. Identifying with failure, JP, instead of identifying with there was a perfect Trinity, and God chose us in that moment. Let's make man in our image, let's make man in, in our likeness, and then he created everything you see for you and I. That created purpose when sin wasn't a part of the conversation, when failure wasn't a part of the conversation, when it was just God and son and daughter and life. And so we have these, we encounter the Lord and, and, and the cross happens and opens up this, this amazing relationship with the Father God, this sonship, this daughtership, this royal priesthood. This, this call, this seated with him in heavenly places, this, the spirit of God lives on the inside of you. You're his temple. All these things, church, and we're giving, we're giving way more head space and heart space to sin and brokenness than we are created purpose in the Father. Right? Listen, we're just going to kind of walk through some words this morning. So what you're really looking for is, Lord, what's me? What's me? What really speaks to me? And so think about how much, how much time, how much, how much time, how much effort, how much of my life is really focused on purpose of heart is a conversation. How much of my life is really focused on? I'm, I'm a new creation. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I'm royal. God loves me in a way that doesn't make sense. He chose me. He called me. He knew me in the womb before the world existed. I existed in his mind. Right? Ephesians 2.10, created for good works in Christ Jesus before the world began. We can talk about all these things and sound really good as church. Do you and I spend time thinking, reflecting, correcting ourselves when we're beating ourselves down, talking to ourselves like we're trash. I look out and see a room full, created in God's image. And then JP brought this out, which I thought was one of the most beautiful things I've I've ever heard in my life. Said our wives, they're not just helpers. They're not just helpmates. No, God reached into his image and pulled out of that image to create his image. My wife, your wife, she is the image of God himself. And nothing less. And here's the deal. Every other person we see, right, we'll stop interacting, we'll stop posting some of the things, we'll stop saying some of the things, engaging in some of the conversations. If every time I look at you, Jim Marshall, I think, image of God, image bearer of God, called created your purpose is to be in this relationship this this heavenly dance right come on y'all think about this this is powerful this will change your day this will change your conversations this will change your workplace every person created in the image of God called by God whether they're responding or not this is what they're created for and we need to see them through that lens not failure, not brokenness, not our preference, not a party. So image. JP said it like this, and this was, this was beautiful to me. He said, Jesus, Jesus is not the footnote in the story of sin. Sin is the footnote in the story of Jesus. Right? And so what the Lord walked us through a good bit over the two and a half days was what our focus is. Ryan kind of prayed that, right? And so, so think think identity, think where your focus is and, and let's honor people. Let's honor people created in God's image and the way we love and the way we serve and the way we speak and the way we pray. I guess the way I would sum up that piece is let's let people be more to us than the, the sum of their failures. Right, isn't that what you have the tendency to do? It's what I have the tendency to do, right? Ignore all the good, ignore everything you've done right and highlight a few failures and see you through that lens right there. Does anybody need help there, anybody? Anybody in the room? Anybody in the four? Four people in the room. I'm gonna pray, and I believe the Lord, I believe the Lord, he's gonna move, right? For, for humble people. Like Father, this is, this is my tendency right here, God. Some people up by their failures. And I don't wanna be that way, that's not who you are. I wanna see people the way you see people, through your purpose, through your call, through your glory, through the relationship that you've called them to. God, help me. God, help us see people this way. Then we'll be holy in Jesus' name. Yeah? Yeah? yeah. We talked about Abraham. Vulo talked about Abraham. This is, the thing, this is the thing about Abraham that's amazing. He had no contemporaries. He had no examples. He had no one around. He talked about the cloud of witnesses, which I've always seen like this heavenly amphitheater. But then I go, no, what you said makes much more sense. It's all the people that have gone before us and modeled what it looks like to follow God. I'm thinking he received Isaac back from the dead when nobody had ever been raised from the dead. How do you even get that vision? You get it from encounter. You get it from a holy God and engaging the Lord in that place, right? Where as we can look back and we have all kinds of people pouring into us, raising us up, being examples for us, teaching us how to engage God. Abraham had none of that. All he had was God and a word from God and he hung everything on that relationship. Right, And he lived, this, he lived this blessed life and he lived this life full of worship and this life full of memorial and this life full of looking back at past moments where God, you met me here and you delivered me here and you provided for me here. And they all came together in this moment of building faith for where he was right now. Like when God called him into a land in the middle of a famine. Right? The Lord doesn't promise us ease. He just promises his, himself as we walk through what we're walking through. This is strength through what we walked in here with, y'all. We press through in worship, and this is is what it looks like. You know, Vula, one of the things I've been thinking about, Abraham, since you shared, and, and I'm just thinking, man, like I wanna have faith like Abraham too. And when you leave everything you know, which is what God asked him to do, when you leave everything you know and you're doing the things that he did, and you're praying the prayers that he prayed, and you're interceding for your family, and they're being rescued by angels because of your intercession, and then you're holding a knife over your son because of word of God, don't do this. It's faith that people don't understand, Vulo. It's, it's a reckless faith. It's an abandoned faith. It can, it can be a confusing faith. It, it can be a faith that people look at and say, your faith is dangerous. I would have said that to Abraham. You? Why? What keeps us from that place so often? And and for me, I'll tell you what it is: vulnerable, fear of failure, fear of failure. Anybody? Anybody with me? right? It's one of the biggest things the Lord moved in our hearts over the weekend. And I believe we're just getting started on this journey of being delivered from this place. What it looks like is, God, if I'm going to bring you glory, and I'm going to really have the kind of encounter with you, right? Vulo shared a couple of testimonies. You guys need to go to Vulo and say, hey, tell me the stories you, you shared on the retreat, because they're great. And you will get an amazing laugh. And if you're listening you get an amazing lesson that it's not all about your desired outcome. And it's not all about your, the preconceived way that you think God should move. It's all about being willing to push past that place of fear Amen. and fall on your face with God. Right? What's the, what's the object of our faith? What's the goal of our faith? Encountering God. Tremendous, amazing. <laughs> I want to have faith like, like Abraham too. Voodoo in that place, y'all. This can, this can, this can, this can be a, a good message or not a good message. Probably not one of my prettier messages. Whatever, pretty message or overrated anyway. Or it can be this moment where we go, Ah, oh, God, I've been afraid my whole life. I've been afraid my whole life, and, and I need freedom, and I need you. I need you to come in and, and give me a different way of thinking because almost every decision I make is fear-based, right? Almost every decision I make is, is based on disappointment, where, where I stepped out and I trusted you, for this outcome over here, which didn't happen. So in my mind, you failed me. And now I'm, now I'm guarded, right? Now I'm not willing to, to step back to that, that kind of faith again because of my perceived failure. I just, I just wanna share with, with people that I, I care deeply about and say, God has never failed you. He doesn't have the ability to do so. Brennan, explain that to me. I can't. I just know it's true. I just know it's true. And if if we'll allow our heart to go to a, a vulnerable place of stepping out again and again and again and more bold every time, because we don't dread some outcome that we can't control, right, if the goal is walking with God, the way the father of our faith walked with God? Man, life can be exciting. Not easy, but full of him. Good so far? Huh? We'll get there. So, so this place of identity, this place of, what does is, what is genuine faith really really look like? And then I'm gonna skip myself, I was, I was Friday night, and, 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 and touch, on, touch on Pastor Alex's word on Saturday morning. Mission. Mission, freedom was the theme of our weekend and, and so much bigger than a men's retreat. Freedom, freedom is the gospel. Freedom is the message of the gospel right? Remember Luke 4? Preach the gospel to the poor. Open the eyes of the blind. Set the captives free. Open prison doors. Year of jubilee. Removing burdens. Our, our gospel is freedom. And, and what, what Pastor Alex brought to us so beautifully was this story of David. You see it in 2, 2 Samuel 11 verse 1. And, and what you see there is is this, think, think freedom with me for a minute. Identity, faith, now freedom, and particularly freedom in mission. And what you see, you go there, you look at that verse, is while David, who was king, while his men were at war, he was home. In bed. Got out of bed sometime that evening. And there was Bathsheba. Right? Why is this important for us, church? Because, because so often when we get tripped up and when our lives get derailed, it's because we were not engaging the mission and the people that God calls us to, right? David's at war, leading his people, protecting his people, shepherding his people and expanding his kingdom the way that God had called him to be. Bathsheba is not even a conversation. Right. Come on. Right. It's amazing to me as I as I've, I've, just, I've just been meditating, you know, on this. It's amazing to me, Alex, that the very people, gosh, Lord, help me articulate it. The very people that God had called him to lead because he was not engaged with them in the mission. He hurt those people. He used those people. He manipulated those people. He murdered those people that God called him to. Right? I know that has a little bit of a warning on it, y'all, and I think I think that's okay. Right? I'm not manipulating it. I'm just sharing the heart of God. I'm just I'm just sharing scripture. Right? If we if we if we if we follow the example of David and he's a you know if anybody was safe he was safe and we disengage from from the mission of god for our lives and we disengage from the people of god for our lives the very people god has called us to pastor and love and steward and be in relationship with and bring his kingdom to we will end up hurting those people But you know what mission does? You know what mission-mindedness does? It takes a purposed heart. It takes intentionality. We have to think about it. These are, these are heart-searching questions where you go, do I really? Can I really answer that question? What's my purpose? What's my purpose in life? What's my, what's my assignment, right? What's my, what's my purpose, what's my, what's, what's, what's my assignment in my family? How about, how, about, how about this church? How about this church? What's my purpose in this church? What's my assignment in this church? Or am I just sitting back disengaged and, and critical? An assignment from God is not calling out problems without offering to be a part of the solution. That's not real. That's world. That's not kingdom, right? I'm not coming down on anybody. I'm just saying, getting the mission, right? Hey, Brandon, this is broken right here. By the way, I wanna help you fix it, right? I wanna be a part of the solution. I wanna be engaged. Anybody can point out problems. It's not hard, y'all. The question is, are you engaged? Are you fighting? Are you bleeding? Are you on the battle lines? Are you giving? What are you giving? What am I giving? What am I losing? What am I suffering for the cause of the kingdom? That place of mission, you know, what Alex encouraged us to do is, is write it down. Write it down, get a a mission statement, get a vision statement, right? Get goals, write these things down. Where we we struggle, y'all, and why we fail so often, like David did, is not only because we're not where God's called us to be, engaged on the mission, engaged with the people where God calls us to, we just lack a plan. We just lack a plan. Our God does not lack plans. He's an amazing planner. Right? Where where there is no vision, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. What saves us? What's our hope? Prophetic vision is our hope. A real plan is our hope. Right? We see it in the story of David. And so, and so, So so he walks, he goes through this process, he tries to manipulate, he tries to control. Anybody struggle with that? Control? No, just me. He tries to control the situation, he tries to control people. One lie leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. Gosh, lying is so exhausting. Being fake is so exhausting. Putting up a front is so exhausting but he gets to this place where where the prophet Nathan comes to him and says, you are that man who had it all and chose to take from the one who had little. See, the place about idleness, right, which is what our pastor warned us about idleness, the place about idleness is what you have will never be enough. Never be enough. David had it all, and he was idle, and he wanted more, right? But all these stories don't matter unless we take it in and go, am I, am I idle, right, is the reason that I'm struggling with, with, with with being critical, is it because I'm idle, that's when it becomes real, that's when, that's when God can move, you know, am I living each day with purpose, am I going into my workplace with, with purpose, right, am I praying about the people that I'm struggling with greatly, am I praying for them, purpose, mission, freedom, Freedom. You know, one of the things that I love so much about what you said, Pastor Alex, that I think has, has life all over it is when, when David got in touch with his sin, his missing God, he fasted and he prayed and he wept. He got on his face before God and he cried out for his son who was sick, who died. And what you said, and I think has as has much truth in it as it can has, is if you're, not, if you're not fasting and praying and shedding real tears over your broken places, there should be no expectation for God to bring freedom. On this one will I look, the one who's of a broken and contrite spirit. Right, Lord, bring us to a place of brokenness. But when his baby died, he got up, He cleaned himself off, he ate, and he worshiped. Why is that tremendous for you and me this morning? Because even in the face of an outcome that he feared when it happened, he said, God, I know you are. You're good. You're holy. And this, it's not even on you. It's on me right? God hasn't failed me at I've failed to move with him, to see him, and move with him in that place. And he worshiped. And that's where he got healed. And that's why what's said of David is said of no one else in scripture. The father saying, this man, he's a man after my heart. After my heart. So, so I don't know. You guys can stand. That's, that's about as far as we're going this morning. Thanks for joining us today for our podcast. Eastside Church exists to help people encounter Jesus, be equipped to grow and engage their community. For more information, please go to our website at eastsidechurch.co.